Chico's gonna give you what Greg is gonna give you what Ben is gonna give you what all three are gonna give you the big D Chico's gonna give you what Greg is gonna give you what Ben is gonna give you what all three are gonna give you the big D Chico, Rev, and Ben yet they're at it again breaking down the team putting stats up in your head nothing left than said they're leaving it all on the field like the favorite team, raising two cups and we'll chill. The knowledge is real for a trio so true. To representing the great red, white, and blue. And you love them too. That you can't deny, so just one time. Let me hear Dallas till I die. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you the big D. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you the big D. Um, soccer? Podcast? Huh. Welcome to Big D After Dark, where tonight we talk about the gut-wrenching loss for FC Dallas in Minnesota. A last-minute goal to put the Loons ahead and have FC Dallas go away with no points to show for their hard work on the road. And yet questions remain. What is it going to take to get this offense going? What's not working? So many questions, such a difficult result. We're going to talk about that, the MLS salary roster drop and... Uh, and a lot more, including North Texas Soccer Club. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Big D After Dark. Hey, folks. Uh, Welcome tonight. Um, We are live here on Big D After Dark. Um, Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here with us, and I'll tell you, we have a host of challenges tonight. Um, uh, our, our <laughs> we had a, a last-minute cancellation on one of our guests, and uh, and Jose is trying to connect with us, and hopefully he'll be, be in here in just a bit, and we'll bring his perspective. So right now, it's me. It's good old me. I'm, I'm Nathan Hill. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill. On Twitter, we're here to talk about FC Dallas, and I'm here to hear from you um, as as you join in to talk about that gut-wrenching loss against Minnesota. I'm kind of flying solo here for the moment, but I have some clips to get to. We can talk about the game. Uh, we got some uh, some good stuff to just to touch base on, and hopefully that gives time for our buddy Jose to, to link up with us here on Skype, and then we'll... We'll, we'll, we'll bring him into the show. But right now, just a reminder that if you're watching us here on Facebook or on YouTube, um, send in your question, your comment, your reaction about FC Dallas's l- late loss to Minnesota. It's a game that this has people talking on BigDSoccer.com already. That, that loss against Minnesota, it was gut-wrenching. It was, it was difficult. Um, here we go. Let me... Uh, let me bring in Jose here. 
All right, Jose, we're live. Jose, so you're coming I in. I know we're live. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's I all right. Got a brand new phone, and for the love of me, I could not get my guy to work. Yeah, this was different. If this was a podcast, you know, like a typical, we'd be pre-recording some at some point. And no, we're just doing this live. We're just doing this live, and we'll, you know, screw it. We'll do it live. That's that's the <laughs> attitude. So, uh, Jose, get yourself situated there. there. And uh, yeah, we're welcome, welcome Jose Carmona. You can follow him at El Chico Carmona. And and with all due respect, Jose's had a big week and hasn't even been able to watch the the game yet. I've watched portions of it, but not not the entirety to get the the game flow. Uh, but I, I am aware of most of the big issues that happen. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna show the the four minute. A clip that I was able to download from the FC Dallas uh, a site. Uh, I, I'm hopefully have I have no of the audio. There might be a little bit of audio from the game itself. Um, oh, there it is. Let me bring it down so that way we don't get flagged for having. Uh, but it, so yeah, so uh, a, a really a tough a tough match. FC Dallas came out in the three five two. A more of a I'm going to keep that audio a little bit lower. More of perhaps a defensive first kind of mindset with two weeks two very disappointed with that yeah you know it it wasn't it wasn't terrible in the first half in fact in the first half it, it wasn't a bad effort on the road there was definitely energy the team worked hard the team got the ball forward they generated some opportunities they limited minnesota's chances in some ways still some juicy chances like uh, like uh, uh, little giveaways coming out of the back, things like that. But FC Dallas was a little bit unlucky not to at least get a, a more clear shot on goal or at least one goal out of the first half. And that, that would have changed the whole outlook of what was to come. But then you shift into the second half, and really it was, it was, a, it was a game of two halves. And Minnesota came out knowing that they really were – they had nothing to lose – they pushed the game. They pushed it, and uh, you know, FC Dallas kind of didn't weather the storm. And the subs didn't seem to work very well for for FC Dallas in this game. They couldn't get their legs under them. It, it was like our guys, our guys look at times looked like the team that had played two matches in a week, whereas Minnesota was that. Minnesota had like something twenty plus shots. On FC Dallas, so sure, some of those shots were low quality and were poor and easily saved, um, but they were, but they were going for it. They were going for it. They were going for it. And at some point, you know, unless you just have a, a really great defense and a great uh, defensive midfielder and stuff, you're going to find the way through it. And it came down to a set piece, a, a failed clearance by Jose Martinez. But really, the second half, though FC Dallas had a moment or two, um, it, it was all it, it was all uh, Minnesota. And the, the more interesting thing was to see Shun come out and play, making his second appearance for FC Dallas. This kid just won the Hungarian Young Player of the Year award. Uh, he's known as a as a goal scorer. He's he has some skills. I think he's a great, great, great signing. Lucci had him come in at left back. Uh, so Ryan Hollings had switched to right, and, and Shun just either wasn't ready for the pace of play, um, but he was just 
he just got blown by late in the match. Minnesota had their way with with that that side of. I understand that. Yeah. That they immediately went after him, and and you can't blame them. I mean, I you got a guy who who basically arrives and, and has been here less than two weeks, and I don't know, maybe he's blowing them away in 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 uh, practice, but it seems like I don't know. It seems like a detriment for for both the team and the player that Lucci played him there. I mean, you know, I'd expect if Hollingshead's not going to play there, I expect Nelson to play there. And if Nelson's not going to play there, then I would expect Mujoma to play there. So you got a guy who's, you know, fresh off the plane and and really and he, he, he has played there, but he's known more as a good uh, defensive winger as opposed to a, a good left back. So I don't know if, if Lucci was looking to maybe was thinking that he was going to basically just send him forward and not use him on defense at all, which is maybe what he was going for, and it backfired as Minnesota basically overloaded on him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think we're all pretty tired of the three-man back line at this point. Uh, I mean – I, I saw the starting lineup. I was all excited for what it looked like. But at the same time, three-man lineup means, hey, we're going defensive. We're going to absorb the pressure. And honestly, you got a, you got a team that I know that I know Minnesota's at home, but you got a team that played playing uh, just played a game. Was it on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I understand that he was trying to absorb pressure, but I kind of wish they would have pushed the tempo. Sure, maybe you're giving up a cheap goal or two. But the point is is that Minnesota is very likely the ones that would have the tired legs towards the end of the game, and maybe then you could then push hard. You know, um, you saw North Texas do that in their in their USL game where they they were not the better team for the majority of the game. But once you hit that, you know, 60-minute mark or so, and they brought in their – their bench guys, then all of a sudden it looked like a completely different team. They were the fresher, more aggressive team down the stretch. And that's kind of what I was hoping to see from, from, from Dallas. You know, I was hoping that Lucci would come out and make it a back and forth game and, and, and push it. And hopefully, you know, counting that his guys would be in better shape, but that's not what he went for. I mean, he went for, I understand he, he was trying to keep the game close and still a point, uh, later, but a team like Minnesota, who had high expectations, from from what I'm getting is that they seem to have grown into the game, so they gained confidence, and that's that's not what you wanted. I mean, you got a team yeah. that just has one win, and and now you basically, I know that nobody's happy with with what Lucci did and 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 the and the substitutions his substitution pattern and the formation. And right now, I think the frustration in Dallas is pretty high. You know, um, I, I guess it would have been higher if, if Minnesota had lost midweek and this was their first win. But at the same time, I mean, it, it's just disappointing to see the team come out there and, and, and play that way, you know? 
We have uh, Todd Chatterley is joining us. Uh, hey, Todd, how are you? And uh, thanks for, for watching the show. Uh, and Todd says he was keeping his bosses happy. He referring I, to Lucci, his bosses want, suck. <laughs> thanks, Todd. And I want to add on to that comment, you know, he, he, he was keeping his bosses happy. And you have to wonder, and this is, I think a lot of fans are wondering, is we all think that he's only starting Haro to appease his bosses. But the fact that he's played June in back-to-back weeks and he found a way to get him into the game this last match, are we seeing him being forced to play two players now instead of just one? We were like, oh, my God, they're forcing Haro on him. So are they now forcing Shun on him also? I mean... Who's running this team? I mean, I'm sorry, but let's let's face it. I, I, I'm excited for Shun. I, I think I think he can help this team. Just not at left back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not yeah. Not what anyone expected. And honestly, when you see a player like that 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 seems to be played out of position, it screams off. I need to find minutes for this guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're all shaking our head now, wondering if. If some of this stuff is being forced on Lucci, I, I like. I mean, well, look. Well, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, let, I, let's. I, agree. I think Sean's going to be a good answer at left wing to push Vargas, but that's not where he was played this last match. Well, look, we're gonna. That's a great transition because in the post game media call, I jumped on, was able to be there, represent Big D Soccer, and I was able to ask Coach Lucci that question and. In the moment, I was, uh, you could just tell Lucci was, was, was deflated from this loss, was very frustrated, um, was very disappointed in himself and the team for not being able to come away with something out of that match with the effort they put in. And it was clear the team worked their butts off and the team worked hard. And that go-ahead goal came off of sort of a flubbed, a sort of a half header to go that Jose blocked, but then Jose Martinez blocked and just couldn't get his feet, get in his position right until it was put away. So it's just a really heartbreaking, heartbreaking moment. But so I could read that on, on Lucci and you'll be able to see it on this clip. If you're watching, and if you're listening, you'll just be able to hear it in Lucci's words. Now I asked this question and I wondered, am I pushing it too far? I'm sort of new at this media game. Post game, pre game availability. Like, am I not supposed to ask these kinds of questions? But I just went for it because I felt like this is what fans wanted to know. So let's let's listen in to my question with with Lucci. Salaries um, that we've been hit with on our. There's you know one question this week, especially with MLS releasing player salaries. Um, that we've been hit with on our site at Big D Soccer a lot, time and time again. It's just that frustration over what Hara brings to this team. And I know he's a quality player, a veteran player. Uh, but the question has been, does he fit what this team, what your vision is uh, for, for kind of how you want to get the ball forward and, and attack? And so I'm just curious how you would rate his performance tonight. And, and just do you feel as a coach you have the freedom to start somebody else if you feel the the need to, to make the system work, your vision work for soccer and how FC Dallas should play? You know, 2020 was a, was a challenging year for, for everybody in the league. And for us, you know, Franco joins us mid, mid-pandemic. And uh, it, it wasn't an easy transition. He got, he got some, some important goals for us that helped us get into the playoffs. So um, I saw him 
fantastic in the preseason. Uh, we, we created some objectives for the preseason, and he certainly responded to them, scored some goals, fantastic energy in the pressure, fit, mentally ready, excited. And, and yeah, I would say for sure fitting into the plants and how we want to play with and without the ball. You know, I, I see a player that's giving everything for this team. And and sometimes you give everything and you for, you want it so bad that it, it doesn't happen. You know, those things can happen in life. So um, he, he's our he's our player. He's very important to this team and he's going to keep working. And and he's gone through things like this in his career before. We've talked about it and he knows it's just a matter of time before uh, he can he can change it. And and I believe in that. You know, I'm doing it myself as a head coach and I want and our team is doing it as a team. So, yeah, we have we have good depth, young pieces like Pepe. We have Jesus, unfortunately, who's been injured since the beginning of the season. He got hurt literally the training leading up to the first game of the season, which was unfortunate. He was very, very, very good after uh, the Olympic uh, uh, qualifier and coming back with us those two weeks. So but with, you know, with. Like I said, Pepe has, has scored a goal, and he's a young player that that can is very dangerous, and we have our depth. Um, we're going to look at and analyze everything this week, and, and we'll try to put on the field and start and end with what we feel is best. But but Franco is, is important for us to reach our objective. Yeah, so there's Lucci. You can just tell this is not his normal bubbly self. He was very disappointed in the result, felt like, the team, as hard as they worked in the first half, that they should have earned something out of the game. But obviously, I think he realizes they're going to have to go back and look and say, um, you know, what's what's going to work? What's not going to work? How are we going to get results? Um, Frank O'Hara is, was the big topic this week on the website, a big D soccer of just three million bucks, three million big ones. And, um, you know, he has seven goals last season. He has one assist so far this season. Now that I made the comparison too in our Big D chat that like you you could compare him a little bit to Chicharito who came in and has had had eight goals of that time and I think he scored again this weekend so that uh, that stat has changed uh, Chicharito is actually on fire and is actually really lighting up the fan base and playing well for Greg Vanny's LA Galaxy outfit there but yeah like Frank O'Hara is is a cheaper comparatively version of that i guess and 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 we just haven't seen it yet and, and especially in a game like this it's it was certain he worked hard i think that's clear there were there were moments that he showed his quality of holding up the ball and and turning and getting the ball forward and advancing the attack and looking for passes but there were so many moments i'm gonna say so many but there were at least three or four moments where he was in the penalty box this is your star $3 million striker, the highest paid player on the team, and he looked to pass rather than take a shot. Is it confidence? Is it rhythm? Is he is, it, is, it, he's just try, is it overcoaching? Is he trying to think too hard or trying to make it too perfect? It's, it's the question. But then by the 30, 40th minute, you could just see he is gassed. And, and, and he's not a guy that's going to kill you on the breakaway. He's not a guy that's going to be able to chase down balls. Uh, he, again, he works hard. I think he can have a role on this team. I think he has quality, but does he fit? Um, and so, I, 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 I mean, I, I trust Lucci. If Lucci says he's part of the team, he fits, I, I trust that. I, I, Lucci sees what, what he can do and knows what he can do from practice. But, boy, it's, it, it's a tough one. 
it's a tough one to figure out. You know, we've been asking if maybe Uchi needs to change the way he's lining up the team to better suit what Howard brings to the table. Actually, most of us have been asking why hasn't he done that. And in reality, I actually like the the idea behind the formation they rolled out for this match. You know, um, <clears throat> with three in the back. But unlike the previous two times that they rolled it out, this time they actually had three midfielders, you know, in, in uh, Tanner, Acosta, and Ricarte. And then you had Obreon up top with Hara. And I thought that was, that's what we've been asking for is that maybe that Hara needs to be working with alongside another striker. And, and, and so I did like the idea behind the formation and, and the execution wasn't there. But then again, you know, this is definitely a third formation that he's rolled out. So you can't just expect him to basically come in and, and, and look good doing it. So, so I'm curious to see if this is just an evolution of of the basically he was growing out of like a three four three before, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think maybe we're seeing that evolution of Lucci basically trying to find ways to uh, you know mold the formation to better suit Hara. And you know in the future when you know Chewie returns. Then they would have the same formation, but you would have Chewie and Hara up top, which would probably work better. Um, in, in that regard, yeah. it's 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 gonna be. I mean, we agree this this roster has talent. Um, they have talent defensively. They have talent in the midfield. They have talent in the attack. Probably more talent than a lot of FC Dallas rosters have had in the past. Especially when you talk about a guy like Shun. Um, but 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 it, it's right. It's, it's a big question mark. Todd says, you know, why you know why stick with that formation? Why keep Hara on the field? They created so so little. And to Todd's point, I mean, there were even moments where Obreon, um, in the match, uh, uh, yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, uh, in the match, uh, like he 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 looked to pass. He looked for Vargas making a run on the far end. It, it it was just it was an interesting decision by Lucci. I'm sure they game plan. They thought it through. It didn't quite work. The the other Vargas, question, yeah. Vargas didn't play this match though. Right, right. But but well, it felt like there was a time he was looking for that next runner, that person you know, coming on the other wing. And he would be looking for that left wing guy to make, and he wasn't there. So I, right. I understand what you're saying is yeah. he was basically not playing to the formation that he was in. He was basically playing to the previous formation that he was in, which well, yeah. I think that makes sense. When they're not used to you know, not used to making playing a certain formation, the passes are different. The, the runs are different. The people making those runs are different. And and really, this is the third formation that, that Lucci's rolled out there. And at some point, you're like, God, I wish we would just settle on one and, and, and get this team on the same page because that's basically what's happening is, is you're getting, especially on attack, you're getting a disjointed mess. Yeah. Ben, Ben Funch. Thanks for watching. Ben says, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. It's peppy time. <laughs> I guess that's, that it is. It is. That Why is. not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, so, so, uh, and yeah, Todd says he wasn't, yeah, Vargas wasn't there because they played a three, five, two. Of course, 
the the question is, uh, we, we do need 12 out there right now. Yeah, that's what Todd says. Well, look, the, the other issue that's a tweak is that the right back position is really interesting. I'm I'm on board the Munjoma train. I think Eddie Munjoma is going to be has the potential to be a, a really solid right back, and he's growing into the position. It's going to take time. We saw it took time with Reggie. It took time with the short amount of time with Brian Reynolds. Um, but Munjoma, you saw at moments in this game as I paid attention to his performance, he uh, he he did okay defensively. He didn't get torched too bad. He he managed his responsibilities well, and I think that showed to a strong first half. But there were times where he was a little hesitant to get forward, and in a 3-5-2 that they played, you really need a right back who's going to feel that aggressiveness. There are moments he picked his part to get forward, but there are moments where he stayed a little too close to Ricarte or to Acosta, whoever was closest to him, and and, and the team lacked then some, some width, some some of that, that ability to get forward. So there's just a lot of pieces. And, and I think that's why I wondered if Shun came out in that left because 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 uh, Lucci thought Shun could really push the game on the left and then Hollingshead yeah, could short the right. Like I said, I, I think I said that earlier that I think maybe Shun was brought in and, and Lucci's idea was that they would keep him higher and not actually be, you know, be more of an attacking left wing back. Uh, you know, but apparently that failed. But what I would say with Mondoma is right now you, you think that he's being asked to stay back defensively. He probably is, uh, right. And and I think we saw that early with, with, with Cannon and, and, and Reynolds where they were, you know, of course, I think Reggie, I think Reynolds was given the green light to go forward faster because, I mean, he had the speed to recover. and But Cannon was actually played very defensively early on before he grew into it. And, and I have the feeling that that's what they're doing with Mujoma right now. The question is for how long? When when are they going to unleash him? You know, he can be dangerous going forward. But, you know, I just want to point out again that uh, Brandon Cervania continues to play at uh, right back and right wing back in, in Austria and continues to start in that same position and continues to look good going forward. Not so good defensively. Believe it or not, he looks better in the attack. So you get that whole hmm. cannon. Uh, we may have that whole if 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 Serena comes back and is asked to play at right back, right wing back, we could have that option where Mujoma is your more defensive, your better defensive player, and Serena is your better attacking player. Because let's face it, if Serena isn't going to be sold to a team that's getting demoted now, by the way, so very unlikely that he's getting sold there. He's coming back. Are they going to play him at defensive midfield or are they going to play him at right back where he's getting a lot of minutes? You have to think that Lucci and, 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 and FC Dallas are requesting that he be played there. You know, most yeah. teams basically, basically when they loan a player, they have an agreement as to where they expect their players to be played. So it makes me wonder the fact that Serena keeps getting played in that position. That is interesting. That's something that, he comes in, and it'll be uh, which would be a sensational. By the way, I, I'm drooling at the possibility that it'd be Mujoma against Cervenia for the right back spot. But we'll see. You would hope that by the time Cervenia shows up, that Mujoma would hopefully have that locked up, and it will even be a battle. Yeah. So this this team has growing to do. I, you know, I'm of two minds of this game. 
um, because I think there was effort and, and there were some ideas out there. There weren't enough generated, as Todd points out. I think there weren't enough real clear chances. Absolutely. Um, and there were there were a couple of moments that should have been handled better that the team the team just can't afford to waste opportunities. Uh, but 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 the fact that they ended up giving up a late goal off of a corner kick, so it wasn't even in the run of play. It was a set piece kind of thing, and it was a little hectic and crazy. You you could take some positives from that, but but stringing together how they've started this season, I don't want to take too many positives. I think this team knows they need to rebound with a win this week at home. They need to get their season started. They really need to move in the right direction. So we'll think, we'll see. I think the results on the road really hammer how important it is for Dallas not to lose any points at home. You know those those selling for draws at home. They really, that's what really is panicking, you know, the fans, you know, that that's like you said, honestly, anything but three points from their next match. And, and, you know, I mean, there will be some serious, serious panic going on in Dallas mm-hmm. knowing that they got a road game after that. So, yeah, yeah. And we've seen this team start strong in the past. Um, you know, I, we'll just see, it's going to be a long season. The, some of the teams that are hot right now are going to struggle. I just saw that Aaron Long for the Red Bulls, uh, he is out this season with uh, an Achilles tendon tear. So wish him a speedy recovery. I know that's really tough. But, you know, we're going to see some of that. We're going to see injuries and and complications and dips in form by some of these teams. I, I'm not sold on LA Galaxy yet, I think. They're going to be definitely more competitive, but I think at some point it's going to catch up to them, you know. LA Galaxy, you know, on a tear, and LAFC at the bottom of the table. Wow. Wow. Can't, can't write the script. Well, let's let's shift over to the, the salary cap, the salary roster drop that happens every year. It's kind of fun for us fans to see. I mean, the, the overall good news is that FC Dallas is really doing some – some 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 tidy work in this area, getting some quality players for um for a good price, for a good value. Hara is the one that stuck out. We've already talked about him, three million bucks. You know, in the hunts in the past, we've criticized them for not going out and spending big on players. They did in this circumstance, and so far it's it's not working out. Um, quite the same, maybe not as bad as Dennelson. If if, ben, if our buddy Ben was here, he would say that. But like some some great value, you got a starter right now, Tanner Testman, who's making, you know, 130k or something like that. I don't. know, Was there anything that stood out to you, Jose, about the salary drop? I mean, it, it's got to be. I mean, you can't get past that Hara number, you know. I mean, you're looking at a guy who's making 30 percent of the entire FC Dallas roster. That's 30 percent. That's a mind-blowing number for a guy who's not producing anywhere near that, and I think that's just driving everybody, everybody insane. And and, but here's something. You know, if there is a bright light under this, it, it, in this, is that the numbers from this year compared to last season are actually about two million below what they were last season. Last year it was a little over twelve million. This year it's a little over ten million. That means, considering they still have what three roster spots open, and the money they supposedly are getting from 
the Reynolds sale and all these other sales, and, and now the rumor that Canon could be moving also this summer, mm. they get a big cut of that if that happens. It means that Dallas will be, should have quite a bit of money available to reel in some reinforcements. And, and you know, uh, to me, it's it's shocking that 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 you had uh, man. I can't. I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Um, Cerio as your number six, which hinted at him getting minutes, and he hasn't really got any minutes there. And, and I think that's a problem. I mean, you got. Uh, we both know that Tanner and Acosta are not true number sixes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and and. And Acosta, by the way, is he's playing well. Playing, I playing, no complaints. He's, still, he's, he's looked. I mean, he continues to ball out. He continues to justify his salary. Um, but but you know, we we do really miss Santos out there, and 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 that's something, you know. As 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 big as Hara's salary and his lack of production is there for everyone to see the fact that we're missing Santos is also there for everyone to see. And you have to think that that's the first order of reinforcement. If you're not going to give surreal minutes, if he's not your guy, then they need to bring somebody in for that spot. And they certainly have the money to do it. I mean, it's not a sexy, again, it's not a sexy reinforcement, but we need stability, not sexiness at this point. Yeah. We welcome and a can play there. Serena can play there when he comes back, but again, he's also not a true six. So we welcome your we welcome your cat to the stream. Oh right. yeah, he he loves he loves his attention. Hold on, I know. Yeah. Hold on, buddy. <laughs> My great. cat's a climber. Yeah. yeah, well, and there is a good rumor um, that FC Dallas is looking at a really intriguing Brazilian uh, prospect, right? Um, well. They're looking at an uh, Argentinian. Oh, an Argentinian? Uh, Facundo, uh, I can't think of his last name. Like, <laughs> I, oh, I love cats. Cats are great. Quinone. Facundo <laughs> Quinone out of, uh, uh, is it Lanus? Or, or is it Lanus or Lanus? From Argentina's uh, mm-hmm. top flight. That's the hot rumor right now. Um I think I, I just reported on it recently. It was it was actually originally reported by Aldia, uh, uh, Aldia Dallas. They reported it like a week before we did, and we didn't report it right away because our, our you know reports that we were getting was that he was going to DC United, and not FC Dallas. But mm-hmm. recently, um, uh, TYC Sports, which is basically the guys that cover the the uh, Argentinian league, and there's basically the the guys that televise it worldwide. They basically said it's both FC Dallas and DC United that are in on Facundo uh, Quinone, who would be a replacement for Santos. I mean, right. so so the rumor makes sense. Um, uh, he's 28 years old, and and, and top flight a, guy. Yeah, true, yeah, he's a true defensive mid. He can play uh, some center mid, but he's mostly played at D mid. And 
that's the kind of player that makes sense. But I, like I said, we're we're not certain that he's coming to Dallas. It's uh, DC United, uh, Dallas, and I have actually heard uh, unverified rumors that he's got offers from Brazil and Mexico also. But so we'll see. We'll see. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what's your cat's name, by the way? Uh, this is Drogo. I'm oh, a big, Drogo. Uh, Game of Thrones fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And uh, and I, I think you're he's climber. And whenever I'm on my computer or on my phone, he it's the right time. You know. You know cats. <laughs> Although this is the first time he's actually jumped in on, on one of our podcasts as, as many times as we've done them. Well, let's shift over to North Texas Soccer Club. Um, I, I was able to watch the game, and what a palate cleanser if uh, you are feeling down against the FC Dallas. Now, North Texas, uh, uh, gosh, I'm already forgetting who they played. Um, they played uh, uh, South Georgia Tormenta. Tormenta, yes, thank you. It's Tormenta, I just call them Tormenta. And and Tormenta actually went up one nothing uh, in the second half. It was a it was a KG zero uh, zero first half with a lot of action back and forth. It was actually it was basically each team seemed to dominate sections of that mm-hmm. of that possession up until like the first goal, where Tormenta would dominate possession for x amount of minutes in in the uh, North Texas third, you know, on their side of the ball, and then North Texas would do it. And honestly, the, 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 it was frustrating because, you know, watching the Ravs and, you know, North Texas, they're a young team. They're a very smallish team. I think they average about five foot nine, you know, five foot ten. Uh, so they're not a very big team. And a lot of these independent teams like Tormenta, uh, Union Omaha, Greenville, uh, Chattanooga, who they lost to last week. These are big teams. We're talking. These are grown men. These are these teams that are average about six foot, six foot one, and and are you know, are basically they're going to go out there and they're going to beat up the kids in North Texas, and and that's what they allowed Tormenta to do. They allowed Tormenta to basically anytime North Texas try to, uh, you know, get a break breakaway or something like that, man, they were just getting taken down hard, and they were letting. It, I mean, the, and they were letting it go. They were letting it go. I mean, that it, went both ways. It was ways. a physical game, yeah. North but, Texas. Yeah, but North Texas kind of held their own. I mean, they didn't back down. Um, you know, they, they stood in there. They, they they did what they needed to do. Um, and the third team that has done that to them, that's come out and, and basically attempted to beat them up, you know. Uh, and, and that's what's happening is because – I think they're learning. They're learning how to how to avoid some of that contact. How to how to you know make that pass to get out of you know you know. And if you're gonna get hit, try to get the ball to another teammate. And you're seeing them basically adjust. And that's that's what's exciting about about the Tormenta match is that Tormenta followed the playbook, smash the North Texas youngsters, disrupt the flow of their game. You don't North Texas is like. Honestly, it's like watching one of the Brazilian teams in in this league. And you at, at the at the USL League One level, I don't want to upset anybody, you know. But in the USL uh, League One level, North Texas is like one of those free flowing Brazilian teams. They want to get out in the open. They want a free flowing back and forth game where the the yeah. plethora of attackers basically will swarm you and kill you on the counter or or just 
flat out kill you, you know, going forward. And the teams, the independent teams, have figured that you cannot allow that. And Tormenta did a great job until they scored the goal. And then what I liked, what I was excited about was that Quill immediately responded with multiple uh, substitutions multiple. immediately as soon as they were scored. Fresh Something legs. I like Lucci do, by the way. And it worked because Tormenta did not adjust, and suddenly North Texas was loose, you know, <laughs> and they got that one, they got the goal. And then after that, it was basically Tormenta just, it was all North Texas after that. Once, Todd, once Todd says, hey, Jose is covered in catnip and can't run away, kind of oh, like yeah. Frank O'Hara. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling so you, Drogo. My, my, my cats are climbers, and uh, this is my life. This is So you notice I'm wearing a uh, hoodie, Yeah. which is actually, it's like 73 degrees in here. <laughs> so I should not be wearing a hoodie, but see these guys? They yeah. love to climb on me, and they love to knit on me. So if I don't wear something thick, I will have a little. You feel it. You feel it. Yeah. Well. Well. Look. Here's what I loved about that North Texas game. I loved. Um. You know. Yeah. It was a great goal by Tormenta, by the way. Just a really splendor, splendid goal by Philippe. I think was his Philip or something. But anyway. But then well, right away. Yeah. And North Texas comes back, and, and both of their goals are are off the of deflections, and they're they're not, so to speak, spectacular. They're not these once in a lifetime shots. Uh, they're just, it, it, especially the first goal was a situation where like you had so many attackers from North Texas in the box, the Tormento froze. They didn't know what to do, and so they basically let the guy run into the box, and he just took the shot. It deflected off a defender. It goes in goal. The keeper was the wrong way, uh, and, and the second goal wasn't that dissimilar. Just, just pick your poison here. That Tormenta had nothing to do, but the other thing I like is 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 Richard Sanchez. A story we haven't talked a lot about, but this is an FC Dallas homegrown player who went far afield and then played for Chicago for a while. Um, got some good minutes there in MLS. Is an MLS quality keeper, even if the situation didn't quite work and even if he wasn't perfect. But man, Sanchez comes in and uh, it just uh, he was a big help in this match. I think to keep things. Uh, keep things. Uh, uh, Sanchez is is a man. He is a man, <laughs> and, and and a good a good a good player to yeah. to enjoy to so see. My concern with that because you got to remember, even though he he was great back there, uh, even though he was great back there, he I was worried about the the back line. I think I tweeted about it. You know, uh, Gomez and Para. Basically, you know, the first time they've been paired together, they probably only practiced one week together. And and this is where I was happy that Allison, who had been playing at center back, went back to playing his normal D-mid position where he could then protect the back line. And this is something that, that they didn't have against uh, Greenville, which is the last match that Sanchez started where he allowed four goals. Mm. So it was good to see him go out there and look – Okay. Like I didn't know self. that. I didn't know he started against Greenville. I assumed it was uh, the other kid. No, he started against Greenville, but again, the 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 backline for for North Texas right now is they're just starting. I don't think they've started the same two players every in any in any of the matches so far. They're basically just throwing whoever back there. 
Shuttler, Gomez right. has only been with the team for about two weeks. And I think Pyra had only been with the team about two weeks when he started his first match his second time. So there's still a lot of jelly that needs to go be going on there. And I think finally, I think Gomez Pyra may be our starting center backs going forward in the immediate future. And they look solid. You know, they look solid. Sanchez look good. I think we're going to have a regular rotation right now between him and uh, uh, the kid from, from Virginia. Shuttler, um, right? Yeah, Shuttler. Because it seems to me like they're basically next week probably Shuttler starts and then Sanchez. Mm. And that's that's fine. You know, that's I don't have a problem with that. I think they're both quality goalkeepers. And, and uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe one of the two will grab the job and make it their own. But I have yeah. no problem with, with them rotating them. Well, I love Sanchez getting those minutes because I, I imagine at the end of the season, I imagine Zobek is not likely going to have his contract renewed, and so there'll be a third spot opening up, and Sanchez would be a great potential guy in the mix for FC Dallas, yeah. and it depends on what yeah, they I, do with Felipe, you know? I mean, look look at look at Sanchez. How old is he now? 26, 27? Yeah. Okay. That's young. For a goalkeeper, I mean, we we think of him as like, oh, you know, he's been around forever. He's a, he, you know, he's a veteran. He is a veteran, and he's played, you know, in MLS and and Liga MX. But by that positional standard, he's just a kid. I mean, look at look at Mar is our starter right now, and he didn't become a starter till what? He was 29, 30. Mm-hmm. You know, he that's when he became our starter. So so he is Sanchez is very young for that position, and and yeah, I mean. I think he's perfect. I, I when I they signed him, this is what I t- I told I don't know if I told you guys or I told Twitter is is I loved the I loved the, the signing because Dallas was essentially stashing a backup goalkeeper in North Texas, mm-hmm. you know, for the future. So like you said, that then if let's say Sonoda, uh, um, let's say sorry, um, what's our, our our third goalkeeper? Let's um, go back. Zobek, or yeah. Zobek. For some reason, I have Sonoda in my head. But let's say they 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 keep Zobek, but they let go of Felipe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an international either, spot, right? Either way, Felipe is going to cost us about two million to sign, off high for a goalkeeper, and you're only going to pay that if he's going to replace Mar as a starter. Mm-hmm. So, the math, any way you slice it, one of those three guys has to go, and that's where Sanchez. You're looking at a guy who's probably going to be the third stringer at least for SC Dallas next season, depending on how, on how that plays out. You know, because Felipe, like I said, Felipe, if they pay the two million, he's our starter. You know, so does yeah. that does that mean Mar then goes? Is Mar going to be happy being a backup, or is Mar if 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 they don't pay the two million, then he's not staying because he's alone. You know, and if they pay the two million and decide to keep Mar, then Zobek's got to go. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I've liked I've liked what I've seen from Felipe. I think he's a quality player. He's a young goalkeeper. He could be a a a big piece of this franchise if they decide that that makes sense. But but it's also you're right. Like two million for a goalkeeper. I mean, is he is he a difference maker? Is he yards and leaps better than than uh, 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 you know leaps and yards? What I think I had it backwards. <laughs> then Mar, I don't know yet. I don't think we haven't seen that. We haven't seen maybe what Jesse Gonzalez was able to do with some pretty amazing shot stopping ability. Maybe we'll so, see it. 
We got time. Me is a, simply a more a younger, more athletic version of Mar. Really, uh, the difference is, does he have the same command and 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 positional knowledge that Mar has? And I think at this moment he doesn't. But he's still young, and as long as he shows improvement in that area, that may be enough. You know, that, that's the one thing that he can basically narrow the gap between himself and Mar is. If Felipe shows better command and better communication and better positioning than when he got here, there's no way Mar can match his his, his athletic ability and speed. And his potential, so that's, yeah. You know, so the potential then trumps Mar, and then you have to decide, okay, if we believe, feel that, say, in another year, Felipe will completely outclass Mar, then then is that enough to pay the two million? Todd says, "Hey, that's that. Even that two million is better than Hara." <laughs> and I, all right, yeah. We'll see. I hope I hope Hara goes on a tear. I just hope he, I hope he repays his uh, Lucci's faith in him. I mean, I, I think and that's the start. I want, I want to point out a, a rumor I heard, and I'm not gonna say any name or anything because I haven't been able to verify it. It's just a rumor. It's an unverified rumor. But uh, I wanted to only bring it up that that the rumor I heard is is that. Dallas is looking for another lone player similar to Felipe, where they would bring in a guy for, with a, uh, bring in basically another young U22, U23 player that's, you know, uh, a good talent. Like Felipe is basically a, a great prospect, and that would also have a ridiculous, you know, we think the two million for him is ridiculous, you know, for a goalkeeper, and it's something like that. It, it, the rumor is that it's they're bringing in a player, and he'll he'll have like a three million dollar buy cost. Uh, so I'm keeping eyes on it. I haven't heard anything, but it makes sense that if they did it for Felipe, that they that and and they've been happy with it, then I could see why I could see how with Sanota with all his connections in Brazil, why would he do that again? Why wouldn't he say, mm-hmm. hey, you know? Even even if you don't buy the guy, if he's a quality player and he play, gives you a good season, you know, as, as a depth piece, I, I think, you know, I think I would be okay with that. Well, sounds good. It, in the past, before Sonota, the loan the loanies that we would get from other teams were basically guys that would recover from injuries or or right you know, stuff like that. It wasn't anyone that you came in and said, "Oh man, this guy's got a ton of potential." Those were not the kind of loan players we were getting. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a new. It, I mean, so that's what even for Felipe, there's a possibility that uh, with this play, it's really helping him get a, a potential spot in the Olympic squad for Brazil. He yes. goes out and he sh- shows well there. Then he gets an offer. You know, uh, the some other team comes looking, and, and so FC Dallas, you know, exercises the right to buy, and then is able to be a, sell this player, and, and you know, so it's a short. It, it's just, there's a lot of scenarios here, and we'll, we'll have to see how the team handles it. But, yeah, you're right. This summer could be a big summer for FC Dallas. There'll be room. Um, but for now, I know we'll be looking ahead to Real Salt Lake at home. It's a, it's a big win, and really Real Salt Lake is a good team. But this should be a win for FC Dallas. This should be a, a confident I, win at home. I think it's a must win for Lucci. I mean, I, mean, I think for the fan base to basically – I think we're all a little demoralized. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm a I'm a very optimistic pl- person, and even I, it's like it's very hard for me to get too excited when the same issues that we've had since week one are still there. You know, Ara is still still a headache. The attack still not on the same 
page. The team's still, you know, paying for mistakes. You know, even even if they play well for most of the match, a simple mistake, they get punished. And they're unable to do that to the other teams, which I think is was frustrating. So, yeah, I mean, a little sort of frustration is setting in with the fan base. And, and I say... I say right now, it's a must-win for this team. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to, to... I mean, let's face it. If it wasn't for the LAFC start, we would be dead last in the West, and, and that would just be really hard for any FC Dallas fan to stomach. It's, it's not the right direction. Season's young. There's a lot of games to be played, so there's an opportunity for FC Dallas to turn it around. Hopefully, they do um so we need to leave it there we're really grateful for uh uh drogo to, for for the guest appearance really uh as soon as that cat came on our our viewership doubled so maybe uh maybe a trick uh for those who are watching those who are listening just know there was a cat present in this podcast and it enhanced the quality of the podcast so thank you jose for that um, yeah, thank you for Todd and Perfection, well, another commenter, and uh, and, and Mindy uh, 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 for all uh, checking in with us. Oh, and Ben, yeah, it's great to have you all comment with us. We you make our show uh, different and legit and fun, and so we appreciate it. Make it make it cool. So remember, you can also follow our audio version on Anchor.fm slash Big D After Dark, and of course follow. Uh, the, the good stuff at BigDSoccer.com. Get your articles, your fixes, and things. And I'll, I'll probably have another video clip from the media availability uh, after Wednesday. And so be on the lookout for that, for player ratings, for other good content each and every week. And I'll keep us posted on, on the four loans that Dallas has, has out and about. Yeah. I, I, may, I may even do a, 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 a Hoops Home and Abroad again. I, I've been slacking on that. And, and there's so many... Dallas players, right? Former Dallas players across the world right now. That I mean, Reggie Cannon. The big, big rumor news about Reggie maybe going to Italy, which would be a, a great move for him. Serie A, yeah. I mean, so, so what happened there is the the rumor was the original rumor was that he was going to go to Lille um, after one season in Boa Vista, but then the owner of Lille sold his team. And so the the partnership that they had agreed to uh, between Lille and Boa Vista fell apart. So now uh, Boa Vista, mind you, Reggie Cannon is their most expensive player ever. Mm-hmm. So they can't really afford to keep him, even if they even if they're staving off relegation like they are. So they, yes, they have to move him. Everyone knows they have to move him. And uh, the only offer they got that that verified offer that they got received last season was for 5 million euros from uh, one of the other uh, top teams there in, in Portugal. And Boavista turned it down and said, no, we, we won't listen to anything below anything uh, below 10 million euros. And that shut any transfer talk for him last season. But now the word is that they need to move him and they're willing to move him. So uh, Italian teams are said to be really interested right now. It's exciting. All right, well, let's leave it there. Thanks, Jose. Glad you're able to join us. And uh, thanks, everybody, for, for, for listening in, for watching. We will see you next week every Monday night at 10, p- 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, right here, Facebook and YouTube and on Twitch. Good night, everybody. Good night.